Welcome to the Bromley Buzz. And we're in a special place today, aren't we? Very, very special. <laughs> we're not at the Newman. No, not at the Newman Place. We're not at the Startup Bromley. No. We're not outside walking the streets. Or Penge, or yes. Where are we? Well, we'll do the who are we first. Uh, so okay, I'm Darren Wheel yes. in Tune PR, and you are? Zainat Narani of Vida de la Mariposa Coaching. And today we have a guest uh, whose <coughs> constituency office we are sitting in, mm -hmm. and uh, he might introduce himself. Well, um, good morning. Um, I'm Gareth Bacon, I'm the Member of Parliament for Orpington. Yeah, thank you for hosting us today. Thank you and, for inviting uh, I'm going to, this episode should be out today or tomorrow, in which case <coughs> this advice will be in time, just. Uh, Bromley local elections, something which I imagine is dear to your heart, Gareth, as a Member of Parliament, uh, a little flyer I received recently. Uh, local elections are being held in Bromley on the 5th of May when 58 councillors will be elected across 22 Bromley wards. Have your say, says the flyer. Uh, register to vote by Thursday 14th April, takes just five minutes, go to www.gov.uk, register hyphen to hyphen vote, and have your national insurance number and date of birth to hand. I would say I actually want real people doing this. Indeed. It's very important that people do vote. Um, local elections tend to have a slightly lower turnout than, than certainly a general election. But actually what your local council does um, has a very big impact on your everyday life, whether it be taking your bins away, keeping your parks tidy, uh, fixing your roads, sorting out planning matters, uh, etc. So um, people really should get out there. They should get out and have their say. Uh, you get this chance once every four years um, and this can have a very big impact on the, the area that you live in. Um, so regardless of who you vote for, uh, I would very much encourage everybody, if they're not already registered, please do it and go out and vote uh, in May. Thank you. Right, well moving on to our regular show content, uh, and you can hear us on Channel Radio on Mondays as well. Yes, apparently Paul Andrews was saying the, the clip that you gave last time was a little bit too short. Hmm. hmm. Well, we were disrupted by COVID recently, which uh, kind of took <laughs> was, out one of our regular shows. Yeah, so, yes. yeah, he has to put in, we have an hour, uh, like 10 a.m. on Mondays, and he has to put filler in for the rest of the time that oh, doesn't occupy the near hour. But he some lovely day. music breaks, so it was all right in the end. Yeah. Now then, what we normally do, Gareth, okay, uh, as you know, as a listener from time to time mm -hmm. uh, and you'll be listening even more if you do than usual soon because we've just <laughs> done a proper interview with you which yeah. was released in the next few days thank you for that too um, but we talk about things which give us a bit of a buzz and a thrill mm. about what's going on in Bromley I think we should go to Gareth first oh, and okay. see what's what's been buzzing for you this week well there's a couple of stories in, in the local papers which I, you know they caught my eye um, and the first one is um, Bromley Football Club. Um, they Bromley FC. I mean, I, I first went to Bromley Football Club uh, oh, a great many years ago. I was probably still at school um, and watched them play. A, it was a testimonial game against various players who used to play for Crystal Palace. And, and Bromley in those days, I can't remember what league they were in, but they weren't particularly prominent. Now Bromley FC has become um, a really good and very professionally organised football mm -hmm. club. They're, they're one tier below. Uh, the national um, professional leagues um, and they they reached the FA Trophy final at Wembley uh, a few years ago and, and almost won it that they were I think a goal up with seconds remaining and they conceded mm -hmm. an equaliser and it went to a penalty shootout and they almost won it on penalties and the guy that was 
trying to take the penalty that would have won them the cup missed it and they ended up losing on penalties um, and they're in the FA Trophy semi-final coming up I think this weekend but the, I, I've got to um, interrupt you order I will be the speaker on this occasion ah. uh, the FA Trophy they actually won the semi-final Oh, they've won it? Yeah, the 22nd of May, I, I what's on, I was going to put in. Mm. Uh, at Wembley, they're going to be playing Wrexham. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. But the, the, the story that I picked up, which is in the Mercury, is that they've opened a new um, bar and eating area uh, at the stadium, um, which I think is, is really good, because people forget that sporting clubs like Bromley and others are actually big social centres as well as being somewhere you go and watch the football. Um, and that I think is going to be a great thing for their fans it's going to be a real draw for the local community and the, so I'd like to congratulate them on that that was something that, that caught my eye and the other thing um, which I think is, is quite an inspiring thing um, is about a man called Alexander I'll get his surname right Hulitsky um, who lives in the borough uh, who's a Ukrainian national but has been living here um, ever since 2006 then when he came over here as a, a student and he bought an old disused ambulance um, for a couple of thousand pounds and he's had to renovate it um, and he's, he's applied for or he's got people to donate to this campaign and, and between him and some of his other volunteers that he's attracted to this they've got hold of 17 different ambulances which they've uh, fully supplied and they take them out to, to Poland and from there they are driven to the Ukrainian border and the objective is to help with the conflict that's happening in Ukraine at the moment yeah. and I, I find it uh, very humbling when people go out of their way to do things that will help others in this way at no hope of reward for themselves and I thought that was a very a very positive story um, of somebody instead of moaning or complaining or watching television and gritting his teeth has got out and done something positive for other people and I think that that's to be massively commended. Yes that, that story that story came from the new shopper uh, the other one from the South London Press I'm going to step down the speaker by the way because I, I set you up there a bit I realised without intending to because that news article related to when the opening of the bar was to yeah, take place, the semi-final, semi-final was to take place, mm. and of course both have now happened, um, but there they are in the paper, and mm. it's so uh, good to see them. Yeah, and the great thing that I love about, you know, just going back to the Bromley FC place, the bar, they're going to be using it for so many other things like um, mummy clubs, <coughs> workshops, yep. and, and it, like you said, it's a great place to bring people together in a community, yeah. and then increase that a love for sport mm. around the football. See a different light. So yeah, yeah something, something which uh, I don't think gave Garrison an awful huge level of buzz actually was the the next joint one. We went to see. Oh Rocky yeah, I think his eyes popped out. At the, <laughs> at the Churchill Theatre, which is still running until Saturday the sixteenth. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. sure the show was great. Um, I think the costumes that one or two people, not too far from me, one person anyway, <laughs> uh, wore to the show were very eye opening indeed. Um, there are some things you can't unsee. Uh, absolutely. Well, you did come out your comfort zone. I'll say that. That's true. I so, was for that evening, Frank Inferter in person. You were indeed. Yeah. And um, if anyone's following us on social media, and if you're not, why not? Um, do check out the posts. Hashtag Bromley Buzz. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> no, that was an absolutely wonderful evening. And your makeup was done beautifully sure. by Cheryl Huggins. <coughs> Um, and on that note, mm. that will lead to my buzz as well with Cheryl Huggins, because okay. she was in the car with me um, to come down to the radio show with me. Slightly stuck for a while. S- slightly stuck for a very long time on the A20 and 20 towards Dover. 
Ashford. Yes, on your way to the studio in Ashford where yeah. you do your regular Friday broadcast. And there's me mm. ringing the techie guy in the car going, can I actually go live from my car? Is there any way you can fix up the wires? Apparently not. But they are looking into that. So we were ready to jump on to Instagram and Facebook to do a live. But we made it in the end, 45 minutes late, but we got about sort of an hour-ish show in. And definitely <laughs> worth a listen. Absolutely fantastic. By the way, one more thing on the Rocky Horror. Uh, I'm still picking up bits of mascara from my eyelashes, which I do. You sure it's not glue? Or glue. Uh, and uh, a, shout out, a shout out to the beautifully dressed Trolley Dolly. The, uh, the, dolly, the person yes. with the like, trail ice cream or whatever it was, it was fully dressed up in a related <coughs> manner to the one I chose on the night. They, they were great. And we met some lovely people from the audience mm -hmm. who we interviewed as well. Uh, we did indeed. And uh, on that very note, I'd like to introduce the first clip from there. The Rocky Horror Show just finished and we're here with two beautifully dressed members of the audience. I know. <laughs> who are? Danny. I'm Ellen Stevens. Laurie. And like us, you've dressed up. Yeah. What did you have? What did you think of the night? I thought it was really fun. It was amazing. Yeah. I haven't seen. I, I saw the 30th tour 17 times in 2013. Oh, wow. Haven't okay. seen it since. So it was really nice to come back and see it again. Some of the same cast as well. So that was awesome. Brilliant. What yeah, about yourself? Uh, it's my second time. My first time was watching it with college. It was a completely different atmosphere. Because when you're with like your friends and stuff, you don't want to embarrass yourself. But when you're with people like who else, like else, you really want to get involved. And it was so much fun. You realise actually the fact that people like you dress up made it a lot easier for me. Yeah, you do look amazing. <laughs> yeah. It has been said to my shop. <laughs> yeah, but it's lovely. Um, it's a, a night of complete hedonism, isn't it? Really. You can just be yourself, and nobody yeah. judges yeah, anybody. Yeah, That's what I love. I love that. One of those things where you're absolutely right you can be yourself nobody looks at you and they just kind of see you as you are exactly rocky's like a little family and they all travel everywhere and everyone sort of knows each other which is quite nice and what did you think of this cast i don't know about you but i love the narrator today lots yes, of very good yeah. jokes in there philip is very good and i love riffraff christian i just think is such an amazing actor and singer he's just incredible he's really suited to that role so good and uh, Stephen Webber's uh, Frank and Perta let it all hang out, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> many, many ways. Many ways. Say no more. You had to go and watch the Rocky Horror Show. Absolutely. We interviewed him for the Bromley Buzz and uh, thankfully he said I didn't have to shave. Oh, beautiful. That's, that's an image. Yes, well, that, yeah, that's but, what I said as well. <laughs> well, he went on to say he's all hairy down below as well. So, uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, sure thank, Brad thank you, Stephen. <laughs> So some of the audience are coming back. Are you going to be uh, returning? Uh, I may do later on in the tour, mm -hmm. but yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it comes closer to where I live. I've already travelled quite far to come where, tonight. Where are you based? Dover. Wow, Ooh, so lovely. Lovely. Well, it was a bit of a trick. That's a bit of a trick. And what about yourself? Penge. Penge, okay. Not, so, not <laughs> yeah. so much, but yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, we were up in Penge doing a recording the other day. Lovely place. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, ladies. No worries. No worries. Right, next buzz. Right next buzz. Go on, you buzz. Uh, well, I interviewed uh, this very morning someone not a million miles from us at the moment. Tell me, tell me. That's uh, Mr. Gareth Bacon in person. In oh, Orchard. right. Okay, yeah, absolutely. That's a buzz. <laughs> that is. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the experience. Oh, I did. I did. Uh, the thing I like about the, the Bromley Buzzcast is that you're focusing on um, positive things that happen in the borough. 
and I think that it's very easy to look at negative anyone can do that and, and, and people do but not enough people spend time looking for the good uh, and there is lots and lots of good and uh, and I've, I've got lots of time for your uh, buzzcast because for that reason you're, you're looking for the good around the borough and you're trying to bring it to people who might not otherwise know about it and I think that that's great so you know I, I did enjoy the interview um, and uh, I do enjoy listening to your, your podcast thank you Right, uh, uh, Z, what's been happening in your life lately that's given you a thrill? The Rocky Horror Show. And? And? Oh, is that such Am a I big a brain one? fart here? <laughs> <laughs> there's a word that hasn't appeared on the show until now. <laughs> you know, there's always the unexpected with me. Very true. Well, uh, we can come on to another little clip in a moment because uh, as I'm speaking with Yes, the most sport-orientated MP that I've met. Uh, I've met a few uh, in my career, not quite apart from the Bromley Buzz. Uh, but, um, yes, uh, he introduced me to uh, Blackheath and Bromley Harriers and to Warrington mm -hmm. Football Club, as mentioned in the interview, and also did a bit of brokering for uh, Orpington Football Club uh, to in, in order to get them uh, fresh pitches um, with Westcombe Park Rugby. Uh, and Gareth is a bit of a rugby man, and I went up and saw my first game of rugby mm. since I did it at school in Cornwall uh, <laughs> at the weekend. And uh, it was really, really good. They've got a lovely um, jersey, by the way, striking mm. blue affair. Uh, they play with such a level of professionalism, mm. they're fifth tier in mm. terms of national rugby. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was really rather inspiring. Mm. And I've got a clip where I interview the chairman and a colleague from the which I'm going to introduce now. Right, Westcombe Park Rugby Club. Uh, pitch side, up on the bank here, uh, with John, who yep. is? Uh, chairman of uh, Westcombe Park Rugby Club, been the chairman for the last uh, two or three years, an interesting time over COVID, um, but been coming here for 20 plus years. Never a player here, my son was a player. Uh, I just gradually got into the, the admin and then was asked to put myself forward as chairman of the club which I felt was an honour and been happy to do. Well, it's a pleasure to speak to you today uh, especially as the last day of the season in terms of home games. Sure yeah, yeah. and um, lovely warm sunny day too. Sunny in, in patches and uh, the team are just looking at the scoreboard 2012 up uh, against Brighton we're, we're having quite a good game we've got a good solid core of players putting a bit of pressure on hopefully we'll win this one it'll be good to have a a home win in the last game of the season. Um, just a bit of background, uh, we were promoted at the end of the Covid season to um, London in the South East Premier, which is the fifth level in, in, uh, in England. Uh, and we're going to end up sixth or seventh in, in the league, which is a, a pretty good performance from a, a young, uh, relatively newly put together squad. So it's, it's been a, an encouraging season. And uh, I was told that you've got what, somewhere in the region of 300 or upwards people who are actively playing um, at various levels in the club. Um, yeah, it depends how, 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 yeah, it depends how you, you would cut it. For, for, for adult players, so, so you know the first team, second, third, fourths and vets, we've probably got 150 players there, but then a very strong mini and junior section on a, on a Sunday. Um, with uh, you know four or five hundred people, including 
including uh, the, the parents. So, so, so Sundays have got a different feel to them. Lots of young kids running about, having a great time. Saturday's a little bit more serious, but still, you know, very, very enjoyable. But overall, the club membership is 900 to 1,000, mm. you'd say, yeah. And uh, we're currently at, uh, or near, Goddington Park, mm -hmm. uh, uh, on a lovely piece of uh, ground up here, yeah. actually. It's very nice here. Uh, I understand from Paul, who's standing over there, who introduced us, that the club has enjoyed higher levels in its history as well. Yeah, a few years ago, back in, in the noughties, I guess, we'd, we'd got as high as National 2. Uh, and that was a, a real challenge for a semi-professional club like, uh, like Westcombe Park. Um, you know, getting to that level it, it was a huge boost for the club. Um, at the level we're at just now, is comfortable. We would probably aim to be w w one level above. Um, but, but that all depends on, 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 on budgeting and, and, and generating sponsorship and, and, and getting more and more people to come and watch, you know, which is one of the biggest clubs in, in, in Bromley Borough. You know, there's Bromley Town Football, there's Crystal Palace, and then I, I would kind of guess there's us, you know, as uh, you know, with, you know, in a game like today, we've got two or three hundred people coming along to watch it. Um, we feel comfortable here, but we would like to challenge ourselves and, and maybe head up one more. Uh, but as uh, I think Paul had been describing to you earlier on, Darren, uh, we've been very pleased that we've managed to put out four senior clubs this season, where most other clubs are, are, are dropping down the numbers of, of players that are teams that they can put out. So we're, we're doing well, we're, we're, we're getting players coming on board and, and, and we're a focal point for rugby in, in the borough. Well, speaking purely as a spectator, I'm very impressed with the quality of the rugby. Oh, yes, and, 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 and just as you were saying that, we, we had a, a very good uh, attempt at a try there. I think one of the things that would surprise people that, that haven't made the journey up to watch Westcombe Park playing, and maybe have only seen the Six Nations or internationals, that the technical quality of, of how Westcombe Park play is not dissimilar to what you would see in, at, at that kind of level. The difference, I guess, is probably the speed of play. Um, but technically, and, 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 and the skill levels that the players produce, you know, both forwards and backs, the quality of play, the, the, the tactics, the understanding of the game, is, is, dare I say it, surprisingly good. It sounds like I'm damning by faint praise, but if you've only watched a game on, on the television, you would be surprised about how it's replicated when you come up to Goddington Dean. Yeah, I already have been. You're quite yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, end of season now. Uh, yep. When does the next one start and when does training begin? Well, the, the, the guys, so we've got one final game on St George's Day, the 23rd of April, and even as a proud Scot, I will be dressing up, maybe not in uh, Crusader gear, but maybe Braveheart <laughs> gear. Um, so after that, the, the, there'll be a, a slight break. We have end of season kind of celebrations, but then the players get a bit of a break, probably start training mid-July couple of friendlies towards the end of August and then in the newly the, 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 there's been a reorganisation of the leagues uh, we look likely to be staying in uh, London if it's still called London the South East Premier same, at the same level and then the first home game will probably be in our early September so if anyone listens to this we would more than like to welcome you to Goddington Dean and uh, Westcombe Park Yes and uh, how can people who like to play or to volunteer or to sponsor and yeah. I think your headline sponsor is uh, Clarkson Wright Jakes and that's I'm correct yeah, yeah. Uh, the solicitor firm locally uh, how would they find you online um, the best bit to go, go to would be westcombepark.co.uk uh, I believe but if you, if you search on Westcombe Park 
you'll, you'll, you'll get details of all the matches that are coming up. You'll see the sponsors and you'll see the contact points of myself, John Vallely, Paul Woodhouse, the, the treasurer, and various other officials round about the club. And that's the best way to do it. Um, but if you do live locally, I mean, just feel free to come up to the clubhouse at uh, any point on a, a Saturday. Uh, during, during the off-season, uh, there's cricket Saturdays and Sundays, so if you just want to come up and get a feel for the place, do feel free to pop in. Yeah, and keep an eye out for things like the music events uh, here Music as events, well. uh, sure, we've got music on, on, on this evening, as you may be known, Darren. Anyway, yeah. yeah, well, thank you very much. It's been very uh, good to be here and to listening to the atypical rugby noises in the background. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Darren, for your time. They told me I, uh, that you've been up there and seen them in any case before. Yeah, I think I they'd rather welcome you back. Well, if they invited me back, I'll go there. Um, <clears throat> I don't like to just sort of rock up, but um, no, they're good people up there. Uh, very good people. I went up, it was as we were coming out of the first lockdown, I think. Um, and uh, they, they walked me around the club. I've actually played up there against them, not for them, because uh, my club is, is Sickup, um, and we used to play against Westcom Park. In the days that I was playing Sickup, Westcom Park were a long way better than, than we were. Um, so sadly, we, we would give them a good go, but we, we wouldn't get over the line. And I think they still are a little bit better than Sickup. They're in the same league at the moment, but they're, they're higher. Um, and um, they do loads of good stuff over there. Um, you know, growing up playing rugby, seeing what they do with local kids, um, right the way through to first team, and, and um, yeah, well, they don't call it, well, they do call it the veterans team, the veterans teams as well. Um, it's very, very valuable, um, and they're they're a good community club, Western Park. Um, I'm, I'm proud to have them in my constituency. The um, veterans uh, team you mentioned won a cup at the weekend. I think they actually hammered the opposition something like 40 to 3 yeah. uh, and on the Saturday when I saw them they were playing Brighton and you think mm-hmm. hang on a minute um, Westcombe Park a little bit of Orpington mm-hmm. as compared to Brighton mm-hmm. who were playing big place mm-hmm. uh, and they beat Brighton mm-hmm. yeah um, no they're, they're good I mean we used to the last year that I was playing we had Brighton in our league as well um, they weren't terribly strong that year um, I think <laughs> the last time I played against Brighton the previous year they'd shipped an awful lot of points against somebody the previous week 70 or 80 and when we played them we thought we were going to run right because we'd beaten that team and we didn't we, we won by about 20 points to 10 or something yeah, we, we came off feeling like we've, we've missed an opportunity here Right, so it's time for your uh, regular affirmation or empowering question yeah, so a question this time uh, so it is what is life like when everything is balanced and how do you maintain it? Gosh, is that to me? Oh, I am um, going to throw that to you as well. <laughs> I should have actually read that, um, given you that question beforehand. What is life like when everything's balanced? Um, yes. To be honest, it's pretty good, because uh, if you can get everything in balance, then, then uh, there'd be a degree of contentment. Um, but if everything stays balanced, then life could get quite dull. Um, you know, we are here to solve problems, not just to proceed uh, without any difficulty at all. Um, I always say that if, if the law was black and white, there'd be no, no need for courts, judges and, and lawyers. Uh, and life is a bit like that, isn't it, really? Because there will be periods of your life where you, everything feels like it's going in the right direction. Um, and you'll think, this is really, really good, but something will change because life evolves, doesn't it? So the, the question is about trying to get back into balance. Um, and that, I think, is what probably what most people spend most of their time doing, is trying to get their life back in balance. So there's a, a level of contentment that they're happy with. Wow, that's probably the deepest reflection I've had 
That's in because, ages. Yeah, that's because it's normally me responding and mine are all entirely shallow and uh, <laughs> I get caught out every week by this. But it's so but, true though, because um, we talk about balance and people, you know, we often talk about uh, life, work-life balance. But you're right, if it was completely balanced all the time, it gets boring. Well, so for some people, work, work is, is the thing that defines them. Yeah. Uh, for others, it's not that at all. It's a necessary evil. And, and they, balance might be what they do socially, or it might be their family, or, or something else. And different people, it's, it, it affects different people in different ways. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, I suppose, will come down to what their personal motivation is. Yeah. What matters to them, and proceeding on all fronts in a way that, that makes them content. Um, I, I think... Probably very few people in the world consistently have their life in balance. Yeah. Uh, I think there's always something, regardless of who you are, what your station mm. is, how wealthy or otherwise you are, you can get your life into balance, but equally your life can go out of balance again. Yeah, because you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Indeed. Um, I'd like to ask this question to the Buddhists and the monks way up in the mountains, see what they reflect on that. You're just trying to get a Bromley Buzz freebie exhibition off to Tibet or something. <laughs> Absolutely. The space account is not running that far. Absolutely. Right. right, shall we go on to the news? Yes. See talking what's happening. Of, talking of balance, one of the things, as Gareth and anyone that listens to this knows, and you've just talked about, this is a very positive podcast. It's also quite inclusive in every level going, including mm-hmm. uh, the people who are involved in politics we speak to. We'll talk to pretty much anyone. Uh, and we do have, coming on, um, a personal person from a new political party in the borough. Uh, Chislehurst Matters. Uh, now, we're not having them on any more than we would Gareth or any of his colleagues to talk about national politics particularly or even mm. what they do or might like or dislike about Bromley Council and their rivals, that kind of a thing. But uh, if you take Mike Jack, who's one of the people involved in it, uh, he is, I believe, the chair of um, Chislehurst, Visit Chislehurst, and therefore he's a community figure and we'll talk to him in that light as well. So that would be an, an interesting thing uh, coming up as well. Um, other news, well Gareth has already covered two items from local press, um, but we have the new, which I only received yesterday, Life in Orpington magazine with us now, mm-hmm. and we can all pick out something from there. I'll start that ball rolling. Um, the regular history section it has, has a piece on Crofton Roman Villa, uh, just literally up the road from where we're sitting at the moment. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I didn't even know existed, believe it or not. Which is another reason why this podcast mm. exists, to help people know mm. that What's these things are there. I mean, it's not as if the, the villa hasn't been hanging around here for a couple of thousand years now. Uh, the Romans cleared Britain in roughly 1480, mm-hmm. uh, so that gives you an idea of uh, the... And they, I think they came in 46 BC, something, sorry, or AD. Yeah, Caesar. It, it came twice, actually. You know, he came, took a look at Britain, decided it was a bit wet, like yep. they should have said in the carry-on film, and went home, and then he came back and invaded properly. It was actually different Caesars. So Julius Caesar ah, came BC after yeah. the conquest of Gaul, and as you described it, found it a bit wet and dark and, and miserable mm-hmm. and lots of angry natives and druids <laughs> and, and decided it wasn't really worth the effort. It was Claudius Caesar um, who came back, uh, and that was AD, um, came back and uh, and properly invaded uh, Britain um, and uh, annexed it to the Roman Empire. And he came here to demonstrate his authority and show how brilliant he was. Yeah, it's nice to think that, for all we know, we actually had a Caesar mm-hmm. up the road from us. He might have visited that very villa. He may have done. I mean, Claudius Caesar did actually come to Britain. So he, mm-hmm. he sent his armies on first and then he came on himself. 
uh, for a brief period of time. Um, and a lot of it was about uh, shoring up his position back in Rome because uh, Claudius Caesar was the... Um, he was not considered to be a senior member of the imperial family before Gaius Caligula was murdered. He was the mad emperor who made his mm-hmm. horse a senator, etc. And um, Claudius Caesar became Caesar because he was proclaimed by the Praetorian Guard. But his position in Rome was still quite shaky. And in order to um, shore up his position, uh, conquest, expanding the empire. And so he looked around for an area that he could expand to that no one had ever done. And Britannia, as they, as they called Britain, mm-hmm. uh, was an obvious candidate. And, and that was the reason why Britain became part of the Roman Empire. Yeah, and I think in those days, the capital of Britain for the Romans' purposes was Colchester. Mm. Yeah. If I remember rightly. It was. Mm. Anyway, um, right, Zeke, so did you find anything particularly I, in the Life and All Things magazine? There was a couple of things, sorry. I'm just going to reach over for the magazine for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on page 33, it talks about um, shopping local. And I think, you know, as small business owners and, you know, if we're looking to grow the area and support everything that's happening, supporting your local businesses is really important. So there's... Um, you know, five fab reasons to shop local. So I'm not going to read all um, all the details around it, but pick up your copy um, of Life in Orpington. And it's, number one, building communities and strengthening economies. So when you support local businesses, you are supporting your friends, family and neighbours. Uh, celebrating individuality. A small business or boutique shop adds character to a town in a world that has become increasingly uh, dominated by chain stores, etc, etc, etc. Stay unique. Then it talks about creating job opportunities. A local business that becomes a success will grow, and as they grow, they will recruit more staff and from the local population. For, uh, sorry, for personalised service, local business owners are friendly and engaging. Of course we are. Um, they get to know their customers at a personal level and can often provide better advice about their products and services. And then finally, five, better for the environment. Shopping local means fewer mileage and petrol costs, which helps reduce CO2 emission. Plus, local shops often stock locally sourced goods, which not only supports the local economy, but also reduces transport times and cost of goods, which impacts positively on their carbon footprint. Really important to shop locally. And I'm going to throw in a little shout out to Stacks DIY at the top end of Orpington High Street, which is a lovely little DIY place where you can get some very decent advice as well as your paint, your glues, uh, and all sorts of other products. Yeah, even all the little market stores that you get Mm. up the weekends or from Thursday to Sunday, they're just absolutely wonderful. Lovely, unique things. And as Gareth referred to in the uh, recording earlier on, the Children's Business Fair that happened uh, in the last couple of weeks and will occur again on the 16th of July. Mm. Uh, Gareth, what did you um, pick up on? Well, I, there's an interview uh, with a, a really nice and a very interesting lady called Sue Cattrall um, here. And I've got to know Sue a little bit because um, she's very involved with the uh, local Royal British Legion. Uh, and she also runs the Sea Cadets. And uh, I've met Sue on the various Remembrance Sunday services uh, that we've had um, since I've been involved with the local community. Um, and she runs the Poppy Appeal locally. And, um, you know, last year, uh, she and, and her volunteers raised just under £40,000 from that locally. Mm. And this money goes to really good causes. And people forget the voluntary work. I mean, the Royal British Legion has been with us for a very long time, and, mm. and Poppies we're all very used to. Um, but it's driven by people like Sue, um, who give up huge amounts of their time, um, shaking their tins. And, and Poppies now, when I was growing up, a Poppy was a... a 
well, the copies that you could buy uh, were paper affairs on plastic mm-hmm. stalks, which they still are. But you can now get a whole range of, of basically poppy-related jewellery, which is, is quite interesting. And, and uh, she and her volunteers sell this stuff, and she was um, given the MBE by Prince William uh, four years ago for her services to the local community. Um, she is a really good example of the kind of community-minded people that you have not just in Orpington and not just in Bromley, but you know up and down the country, who do good for the sake of doing good. There's no reward in it for them. They're not doing it because um, they're expecting anything in return, um, but they're just devote, devoting their time to their local communities. And I, I was very pleased to see and read that interview. That's beautiful. And that just reminds uh, that reminded me of um, when we went down to the British Legion to um, buzz about what they're doing. They were doing for um, Poppy Day Remembrance Day, Brilliant, which yeah. um, I went down and did a couple of interviews there. It was absolutely beautiful mm. to see, um, you know, the whole community there around gathering and uh, listening to the band. Beautiful. Well, they yeah. also had as part of their meetings, their meetings. The, the President's Address. Mm. Yes. Uh, and we got them to repeat that so I could record it and put it into one of the episodes. That gave me Yeah, because it's all talking about people who have passed and honouring mm. those fallen in war wherever they're from. Yeah. Uh, that was very good. Um, I just wanted to mention, um, on the 23rd of April, mm-hmm. the Rotary Club are getting together for a charity um, barn dance again, but it's all, they're collecting all the donations for Ukraine. So that's happening on the 23rd. Yeah. Do you know when the bar dance is actually completely taken place? Do you know what? I was looking for that email, but my email's not loading. Go to the um, Bromley but Rotary would, Club website. Yeah, just go to the Bromley Rotary web- no. website. Um, Get in touch with Christine Atkinson. Uh, I have an interview to introduce. Uh, I spoke to a teacher from Charles Darwin School in Bean Hill. Uh, they had an event called... Um, I'm a celebrity, not I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, that would be a bit of a different level. <laughs> I'm a media student, get me out of here, uh, which was at Bromley Big Picture House and celebrating the coursework of uh, students. Uh, and it was organised by two young ladies, Paula and Hannah in particular, and others. And uh, it's just wonderful to have spoken to him about it because we missed the whole thing, which we were invited to because of COVID again. So uh, here we are, over to the teacher. Hello, Stephen Archer, uh, who is the Head of Media and Film at Charles Darwin School. You've just had a rather exciting weekend. Yes, on Friday night, 1st of April, April Fool's Day, we, um, we met at the Bromley Picture House um, for the end of a process that began about a year ago, when one of my students, called Paola, um, she won Jack Petchy Award money, which is basically for community or nominated by teachers at school. And I was one of the teachers who nominated her for good work. And she's done loads of community work for me in the past, making videos to promote the school and actually raising money for the media department in the, in, in the process. And she started doing this in year 10 when she won a Bank of England film competition and gave us £1,200. And since then onwards, she's always made a wonderful contribution. So it was Paola's idea, actually, to say, let's celebrate student achievement. Let's celebrate our work. And um, she said, let's take it out of school. And she, at that point, about a year ago, she said, I just, it'd be nice if we can go to a cinema. I've heard other schools do that. Why can't we do it? So with her money, we started that process. Her and uh, a group of friends started raising money for a charity to fund it. And then another student in the class won the Jack Petchy Award this year. So we had £500. And uh, through various community and charity activities, we managed to get the £1,000 plus to hire out the venue for two hours on Friday the 1st of April and uh, celebrate student work. 
Well, the Bromley Buzz team couldn't come on account of uh, an attack of COVID across all of us. Um, but what was the atmosphere like? It was fantastic. We, a lot of um, students came with their families and there was quite a lot of students from the sixth form who were obviously were friends of those participating who turned up as well. So we, we ordered the biggest screen and must admit, initially I said to Paul, I'm not sure we need it, but she, she was adamant we would. And it's lucky because it was uh, really, really busy. We had well over 100, 150 people there um, enjoying the show. So the atmosphere was fantastic. We also had a few uh, ex-students come back who've gone on to work in the media industry. And one of them's in a first assistant editor. The other one works in location management. And they were really impressed with the, the work that was shown on the night. Mm. And uh, the event was called I'm a Media Student, Get Me Out of Here, uh, here being Charles Darwin for the day. And uh, I had a lot of interesting content you were telling me about just now. Graphic novels, vampire filmette and more. Yeah, it was, um, it was a reflection of a very, very good class um, I've taught for two years who've been through a lot during obviously COVID and they managed to persist and be creative and be really wonderful independent learners and very kind of community based. So we've got students in here much more kind of print orientated. So I like doing magazine production. I say graphic novels is a new one for me. So we had some manga style novels created and some Alan Moore kind of Victorian serial killer type things made as well, alongside uh, more standard stuff like music video productions, short films, and the starts of kind of genre films. Uh, Powder <coughs> Film was um, won, a, won an award. It was um, a 10 minute film, short film, based on the very clever hybridization of the vampire genre. And that was the kind of longest thing that's worked shown on the night. But then there was kind of like 90 second showreels that the students had made to represent themselves. So that included a mixture of their different skills, including photography, graphic design, video production, and various other things like choreography or makeup um, artistry as well. So we have one student who's developed a real good skill in kind of creating blood and creating wounds and things like that, facial disfigurements. And so she had a show real kind of showcasing those kind of things as well. So it was very diverse. And that's one of the reasons why I think it was such a successful night, because it, it kind of celebrated a wide variety of different skills and uh, affinities. And these are year 13 students, 17 and 18 year old, who will be coming up to their exams. Uh, good luck to them for those. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a really different thing, a first for you, I believe. Yeah, it was, it was the first time we've gone out of school ourselves. We've, we've done a few events in school um, and it was Paolo insisted that we go somewhere else to make it special. And it was the best idea anyone's ever had, really, because being in a Screen one at the Picture House, this beautiful cinema, this retro vintage, this lovely proper cinematic environment, sitting there and seeing stuff on the screen. And P Picture House had very kindly converted the stuff to DCP, which is the best format for cinema. So they'd spent time and done that for free for us. And so seeing the work without any kind of uh, pixelation or any kind of degrading quality, it was kind of awe-inspiring to see giant versions of yourselves and hear your work and see it you know, in a way that they never imagined they ever would, you know, compared to seeing it on their phones or watching it in a kind of small classroom with bad lighting, to see it in a cinema environment was um, very, very special for everybody. Okay. And you've also said that uh, obviously the picture house themselves chipped in in that way, which is very good. Uh, and the other students uh, chipped in too, including another Petchy Award winner, Hannah. Yeah, so Hannah Gurney and uh, Paola have worked really well together throughout the time I've been teaching them. And always, they're the ones who kind of developed the promo work for the head teacher promoting Charles Darwin's school. And that raised, say, over a thousand pounds last year. 
And so by teaming up their Jack Petty Awards and they work together to create all the charity campaigns as well. You know, they're a very formidable team who've uh, done a lot for this department in this school. It would be sad to see them go, actually. <laughs> That's the bittersweet side of it. Well, how proud does all this make you? Very proud. It was it was a fantastic night. One of the best, well, certainly my best night in education by a long way. Uh, there's never been anything like it before. Um, I've had good students in the past, but not that level of commitment and support, innovation. And the fact that Paola, Hannah, various other students got up on stage and two boys presented the most of it with another girl called Amira, Josh and Sam. They were kind of hosts for the night. It was just, um, I was really grateful for the way they put themselves out there because obviously it's a risk, you know, they're putting themselves in front of their peers, they're representing the school, they're representing me in the department and they did it with such uh, commitment, such seriousness and real professionalism. I was very proud of them by the end of it. So it was very moving for me. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. We're going to do a bit more on this because it is something uh, to be very proud of, not just at the school level, but at Bromley actually. It's quite an achievement doing that. No, it felt like an achievement, but it was worth every moment, and I wish we could do, and I certainly am inspired to try and do it again in the future. Right, well, that was good to hear, uh, and um, hopefully we'll actually get Paula and or Hannah on a show. Oh, I have a question for Gareth, actually. Uh, we were talking uh, earlier on, I think it was in the main interview, uh, about Priory Live, the festival which is on on 6th of August this 6th year August. in Priory Garden. And I'm going to be emceeing yeah. again. Oh, that's <laughs> well, my question. I was going to ask oh. if Gareth had noticed the MC from last year. Oh, right. Maybe on stage in a hat. Uh, that would have been your first introduction to Zena, if you'd uh, noticed her. Uh, I was a bit of a way away from the stage, so I, I apologise, I didn't notice. She was quite well amplified. <laughs> <laughs> I may have heard you. Um, you may have heard me get out there. Yeah, it, was, it was really, really amazing. So really excited about the Priory Live again this year. Uh, they've got a real good lineup of um, bands. Headliner. Scouting for girls. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and lots of other sporting events to go with it, and it's going to be a really great event. Right, and moving on, spotted on social, just the one thing I'm putting here, uh, and this was from Twitter, I think, taste underscore Chislehurst. Chislehurst Big Walk is organised by the Chislehurst Society, a weekend which offers over 20 free walks, one of them a tasting tour. Um, as Taste Chislehurst, how could we not book a called tasting tour of Chislehurst view tickets available? Uh, so book now to avoid disappointment. Uh, I'm disappointed because I didn't put the date in, but I think it was in May. <laughs> but anyway, check out taste underscore Chislehurst and uh, you'll find it. Ticketsource.co.uk, big walk. Okay. More what's on. What's on, let's get on to the what's on then. So mm. There's always lots of what's on's happening. Well, there's a unplanned musical, I imagine, entertainment at the Three Hounds Brewery in Beckenham. Uh, on the 20th of April, uh, Kate Ellis and Andy Small, £11 plus fees. And that's part of a series of things they're doing there as well. And as we're speaking to a rugby fan, I suspect um, beer may not be a million miles away from uh, Gareth's heart. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's fascinating. We live in a place that's got micro pubs, micro breweries. Mm. Have you ever been to the pit stop in Chislehurst? No, I've not been there. I've, I've been to one in the wood in Petswood, which is excellent. Um, but the micro breweries, I mean, the micro pubs, uh, anyone who's looking to uh, make a fortune, um, micropubs seem to be massively popular. I remember when they first opened, uh, and the idea of using an old disused shop uh, as a pub 
uh, I, I thought was a bit alien and wouldn't really catch on. Boy, was I wrong. Um, they're, they're packed to bursting all the time. People love them. Yeah, the pit stop is now a blend of what I think it was before, mm. florists and micro-pub, and they have one beer, uh, which I think is called Pit. Mm. I've drunk some of it. Mm. Uh, and uh, that is you, the only place you can get it. Mm. Uh, right, so what else do we have? Um, have I just wanted to mention the Green Arena Hub. I, you know, I oh. know I will. The Green yes. Arena Hub in the Glades, Bromley, mm. to check out, uh, check out their website because this week and next week they've got some amazing workshops um, happening. So sewing, mending, um, I think there's a, um, there's a knitting club as well. So they've got lots of little things where you can just kind of go along and learn how to do some DIY stuff. Uh -oh. They've got some great volunteers as well helping out there. So if you've got something that needs recycling or you're not sure how to do it, go along there and they'll help you with that. Well, they've got uh, so their, their, their library of things library there of that, things, that yes. you can borrow tools. And I was looking at their Insta and they had a before and after chair that had been mm -hmm. reseated. Uh, and uh, they named some of their tools by the looks of it because it was like sand the stapler has been used to um, redo this chair. That was quite <laughs> amusing, that was. Um, right, what else have we got coming up? Uh, if I'm ever going to dust off those heels that I had at the uh, Rocky Horror Show again, this might be the kind of place for it. 25th of April, drag bingo at the Bridge House Theatre in Penge. <laughs> uh, and that's with... Um, <laughs> And we have that lovely look from Gareth again. Yeah, and that's uh, with... Uh, Say no more. That's a girl drag artist who's going to be hosting it. And who may well come on the show in advance, actually. Uh, are you going to be there yourself in your um, Rocky Horror again? Uh, well, um, I think it's going to take me a while for build up the courage to wear that again. Uh, we will see. I can understand that. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gareth. You've already broken the eyes. Come on. Mm. <laughs> Um, right, What's second, happening on June the 2nd? Yes, uh, this was one of the things I picked up from Bromley Council's e-newsletter. Tickets are being made available for a commemorative and celebratory beacon lightning ceremony at Crystal Palace Park in recognition of Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee. The free ticketed celebratory event marks the start of the four-day commemorative bank holiday in Bromley. Residents attending the event can enjoy an evening with a traditional bugler bagpiper, oh that's very traditional Bromley isn't it, mm. uh, and choir performing as the beacon is lit. Actually now I think about it, the Queen and Scotland go very closely together. Uh, tickets are being allocated on a first come first serve basis and are available online so you can check out the um, Bromley Council website and sign up for their newsletter for that 2nd of June. And that brings us to the end of the show. I yeah think. there was something else I wanted to um, read out that's mm. happening in the London Borough of Bromley but for some reason you can't I find it yet. No. Well, I've been locked out of the internet. Oh. I have no access. They've banned me. You should have, <laughs> should have tried to get the um, MPs hot Wi-Fi or something. That would have been quite fun. I think that's because I was showing pictures of uh, you in your outfit. Right. They've banned before, me. Before anyway. we go close, anything you'd like to throw in, Gareth? Uh, well, we mentioned earlier, the FA Trophy final uh, is on the 22nd of May. Uh, and so our local club Bromley are playing Wrexham and um, well we need to support that um, I don't know if we know how we can get hold of tickets unless it's through the club no nor me but uh, it's most certainly on their website and all over the place in Google as well mm. so they've got two finals at Wembley on the same yep. day they've got their as well mm. right we finished kind of where we be begun uh, because 
we had a second review of the Rocky Horror Show at uh, the Churchill Theatre. We did. And we spoke with an absolutely lovely young lady and her family. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's, uh, uh, she's just um, qualified as a law student. Mm. Uh, really, really wonderful. I got chatted to her. It was her first time ever experiencing the Rocky Horror Show. And even, I hope this is the right one of the two clips, but um, I think it was with her we'd got the buzz out going. We did, uh, so yes. Over to that. Second volunteer audience member named for first name. Antonia. Hello, Antonia. And where are you based? I'm based in Bromley. Bromley? Mm -hmm. Oh, excellent. <laughs> is that helpful? Yes. And you, you, you rolled up to us really early because of how we were dressed and. Uh, More like how you were dressed. <laughs> well, yes. As a family, for me, this was just normal. <laughs> and you didn't comment on my. Um, I think the, the body was absolutely amazing and I asked where it was from. <laughs> oh. She did indeed. I didn't think about this, but Rocky Horror Show, come along and get some tips on underwear. Absolutely. All day no, long. Not underwear, lingerie. 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 True. Yes, let's get it right, darling. Well, I, I, was, I was in Marks and Spencer's. It would be grateful if they gave me a how-to one to put suspenders on, but, you know, that's... Oh, yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, uh, we're going to let Sarah Marsh Collins let us know about that one. Uh, very, <laughs> very sadly, kill me for I, that had, one. <laughs> I had two ladies doing mine up for me earlier on. It was absolute hell. Like you were moaning. Anyway. <laughs> what do you reckon to the show? First? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I have never seen a live show of it. I've seen the film, but this is the first time I've ever seen the show, and... I laughed the whole way through. By the end, I felt emotional. I was like, oh my goodness, like the whole thing was just brilliant. What was your favourite part of the show? Oh, I know um, it's hard, but. It's so hard because each scene has a completely different reason why you love it. Um, I'm gonna go with. <laughs> Big pause here. <laughs> I'm gonna put one in while you're thinking. Yeah. I was surprised and delighted there was a ballad that Oray sang. Yes. That, that made me feel a little bit tearful for a minute as well, mm. and I wasn't expecting that. It was lovely. It's yeah. very different from the um, film. Yes. Right, anyway, Phil and Darden, how can you remember? Um, I would say, obviously, you've got to go with the, the iconic scenes mm. of the time war, everything like yeah, that. Like absolutely. That just brings you straight in. Um, however, I think I have to say, playing Janet, oh my God just absolute class the entire way through Ore was amazing as well Frank was like oh, amazing yeah. his sister was amazing I was just shocked the whole way through um, Rocky himself obviously you know of course. Mm -hmm. it's always great but like honestly it was just yeah absolute class the entire so is show something you'll see again Oh, 100% like I would come back tomorrow with like my best mates. Like, I've come with family today because they wanted to come and see it again because they'd seen it back in the 70s. And for me, first time seeing it, I would bring my friends along now, 100%. Fabulous. I'm so glad you've enjoyed it. Maybe you can help us finish our show off. Oh. Because we normally finish off as a buzz. Buzz, we do. Do you think we can manage a sort of buzzing sound to the time warp? Thank you so much. You're very Have a lovely evening. <laughs> you guys too. Thank you so much. Thank you.